morning everyone. Uh, welcome to Grace Cove um, again and it's wonderful to be with you this morning and just to worship together and now to be encouraged in God's word. My name is Sarah if I haven't met you and I'm going to be sharing um, this, the word this morning um, and we're carrying on with our series in Acts. So I'm going to be sharing from um, Acts chapter 4. So if you've got your Bible you can turn there. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 4, verses from verse 23 to verse 31. And the title in my Bible um, is The Believer's Prayer. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said. You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of, of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand would ha- should happen. Now, Lord, <clears throat> consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow, Um, what an amazing prayer meeting to be at. Um, Imagine if if after our prayer meetings, the building shook. Um, uh, Yeah, um, just amazing um, uh, the way they prayed for boldness in this time of crisis in the church where they were being being threatened by the rulers and the authorities of the day. Um, and I want to have a look at this um, this prayer in a little bit more detail, and I want to focus on, on this prayer this, this morning. And, um, yeah, so the title that I've, I've given my talk is, is No Giving Up, because um, yeah, we see that as they're threatened and as um, the church is at, at a, almost a crossroads, they, they're being told to not preach the word of God, their automatic response is to not sort of retreat and and um, stop uh, doing what they're doing, but to pray for boldness to carry on to spread the word of God. So, so that's my title this morning is is no giving up, um, and I hope that um, we are encouraged uh, this morning to to live bold lives as they were praying for boldness. So that's what I want to look at this morning. So by way of introduction, let's have a look at the context um, uh, of this prayer and what was happening before they prayed this prayer. And we see here that um, just in chapter 3 that that Peter and John had been going to pray um, at the temple and they walked past a man who was was begging and um, he had never been able to walk. He was about 40 years old and he never walked. He he was lame. And, And... Jesus healed him through through Peter and John, and it was an amazing miracle, and, and everyone knew him, so the people around there were just amazed, and there was a lot of rejoicing, and then Peter and John were able to actually preach the gospel. 
And of course, this shocked and worried the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and obviously they were probably also a bit jealous of what happened um, because because everyone was just praising God. And they had Peter and John arrested and thrown into jail. So they spent the night in jail, and then the next day they were brought before the rulers and the elders, um, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, um, and they were questioned about what happened. And the, it seems like they were brought before the, the Jewish council or the Jewish court, if they listed all the people there. They were also brought before Caiaphas, who was actually the high priest who um, presided over Jesus' trial and, and condemned it to death and sent him to Pontius Pilate. So these were the, the heavyweights in Jerusalem and in, the, um, in Israel at that time. Um, it's also interesting that um, the, the Jewish council or the Jewish court, actually, they referred to themselves as the eyes of God. So that's what they were known as. That's they were kind of the, 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 the phrase that they would use for themselves, the eyes of God. And we'll see later um, how um, Peter and John actually used this to, to make them understand uh, that actually um, in the sight of God, they had to do what was the right thing. So, so, so the council asked them, by, uh, by, by what power or what name did you do this in verse 7? And, and Peter then, uh, just with confidence and boldness um, coming from the Holy Spirit, uh, says um, in verse 12 um, that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which you must be saved. Talking about the name of Jesus. And what an amazing scripture. And then in verse 13, it says that they saw the courage of Peter and John and they, they realized that and they knew that they had they were unskilled, ordinary men, but they had been with Jesus. Um, it was so amazing that they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Um, and, um, and then once they, they, they told them that they mustn't do this anymore, they mustn't preach, they mustn't speak in Jesus' name and perform miracles, they then go on to say um, in verse 19, Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight. So here they take them to a higher court than their court. Instead of the eyes of God, they, they, they talk about the sight of God. Um, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And then... They again told them and they mustn't preach, they mustn't, they mustn't um, speak about Jesus, and then they released them. Um, and Peter and John then went back to the believers and they told, um, so they told everyone what had happened and how they've been told not to, to, to spread the word of Jesus. And the immediate response of the believers is the prayer that I've just read from verse 23. Um, and it, the, it was a prayer for boldness to, to preach the word of God, to, to proclaim his word. And um, I think we can learn a lot um, from their, their response in a, um, in a time of crisis, because this was um, a, a time of crisis for the church. The first real opposition to, to, to what was to, 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 to Christianity so this was a time of crisis for the believers. This was the first real um, opposition to the early church that they experienced. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from their response here. 
Um, and at the moment, it feels like we're in a crisis. Uh, we are in a crisis. The world is in a crisis. Um, the world is reeling from all sorts of things happening. Um, obviously, we've got COVID-19, but so many other crises happening in the world. Um, and almost every nation is an economic crisis now. Um, our government in South Africa is in a crisis. Um, there are attacks on the church from all angles. Um, and many of us are actually in a time of personal crisis as, as well. Um, it could be related to maybe family relationships, finance or work situations. Um, many of us have feel like there's just crisis all around us. And so this morning... I want us to be encouraged and not to give up. Like the early church, that time of crisis, instead of retreating um, and, and just going back to the status quo, they prayed for boldness. And that's what I pray for us this morning, that at this time of crisis, we wouldn't retreat, um, but we would pray for boldness to keep going and to keep living for Jesus. Now, Living boldly, I think, has got nothing to do with um, arrogance or brashness, um, telling people what we think and what they should be doing or not doing. Um, I think bold believers have the courage to speak when God tells them to speak. Um, they have the courage to act when God tells them to do something, to, to witness, to encourage someone, to um, give to someone, to, to um, strengthen uh, the church by doing something or saying something. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's what bold living is. It's not arrogantly um, telling people what, what they should be doing or giving your opinion, but just acting on what God has told you to do um, uh, in, this, in this life. I think a good example of, of a bold believer is, um, is Naaman's wife's servant girl. She's, she's mentioned in one sentence, um, or, or one or two sentences in, in 2 Kings. Let's, let's go there, 2 Kings chapter 5, and, and let's read about her. Um, she was a really a, a bold believer. Um, here in 2 Kings chapter 5. Let's, let's read from verse 1. It says, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram, and he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. And she was talking about Elisha, um, who, who was the prophet at Samaria. And you, you must know the story. Um, Naaman went and visited Elisha. He was a bit offended at first, but eventually went and and. and uh, washed in the river Jordan seven times and he was healed miraculously and he acknowledged that that the Lord is God um, but that all came from one bold girl he was actually she the, she the, this man had had actually or the, the, um, he came from the country that had destroyed her family um, she had every reason to be extremely bitter 
and resentful towards them. But instead, she said, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria. And she told her, her mistress this. Um, and what an amazing boldness from a servant girl. And that's all we know about her. But she is remembered forever, uh, as a, I think, as, as a bold believer who, who spoke when it was the right time to speak um, and, said, and said what the Lord wanted her to say. Another example of, of amazing boldness is has got to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. Um, that's ja- Daniel chapter 3. Let's, let's turn there. Daniel chapter 3. And they, they were told, uh, everyone was told that they had to bow down and worship this idol that Nebuchadnezzar, the, the most powerful king in the world at that time, had, had made, and everyone had to bow down and worship it. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, served God and, and couldn't do that. Um, and they refused to bow down and, and worship this idol. And they were not full of themselves and arrogantly telling the king that they're not going to do this. If we, if we read in chapter 3 from verse 16, um, they say, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you on this matter. If, you, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So they were not full of themselves. Um, they just told the king they could not do it. And they were willing to face the fiery furnace. And they were willing to face it alone, even if the Lord didn't come and rescue them. But they knew this was the right thing to do. They could not bow down to the, to the, to the idol. And um, they... they um, they, they, had, they had to do what God, what, what they had to do, what God told them to do. What boldness and courage. Um, uh, yeah, just really uh, amazing, exciting stuff. And you know the story that God did save them. And he was with them in the furnace. And it's an amazing miracle that, that, that the Lord did there. So let's have a, have a look now at, at Acts 4, at, at the prayer that the believers pray um, after they, they're in now a time of crisis. As you can see um, from, from Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were at a, a time of crisis where they, where they made a stand and lived boldly. Here these believers in, in Acts um, pray and cry out to the Lord. So I just want to look at four four aspects of this prayer, um, and 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 then and then I'll give some concluding remarks. So the first thing we see in verse in verse twenty four um, is when they heard this, they raised their voice together. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. So that's I just want to stop there um, and 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 just. Um, Look at that in a little bit more detail. They raise their voices together um, in prayer. And powerful things happen when we raise our voices together in prayer and in worship. Um, here, the, the whole building shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and went on to preach boldly. Um, and, and they were encouraged, obviously, by doing this to, to, to preach boldly. Um, we see in the Old Testament, um, uh, in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22, um, the, the Israelite army uh, were, were coming up in, against an enemy that was too strong for them. And the army worshipped the Lord together, and the Lord sent ambushes, and the, and the enemy was defeated. 
from from a, a place of just worshiping the Lord together. Um, and yeah, I want to encourage us this morning when we raise our voices together in unity, when we when we cry out to the Lord in prayer and worship, God can act. God can, God can come through. God can strengthen us. God can give us boldness. God can defeat our enemies. Um, yeah, it's it's so exciting what um, what unity um, and uh, amongst the brethren can can accomplish. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just something to be to be encouraged and challenged with this morning to to re- to remember to to raise our voices together. Um, you also see many times in in the Psalms when people are going through a time of of crisis, personal crisis, and um, the uh, the psalmist. Uh, cries out to the Lord. And I think that's also something similar here. They're at a time of crisis, raising their voices, crying out to the Lord. Um, and, the, and then the Lord can, can act. The Lord can um, encourage us. The Lord can um, change the situation um, amazingly. Um, he is God. And, and, and uh, when we cry out to Him, um, then, then he, he will act um, on our behalf. So that's the first thing. Uh, they raise their voice together. Uh, and then the second point I just want to look at here is, is the start of, or at the end of verse 24, the, they start their prayer with Sovereign Lord. They say, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord against his holy one they lift their voice together to the sovereign lord and they start their prayer by declaring the lordship of jesus god is above everything he is totally in control he is omnipotent he he knows and he understands everything we don't understand we understand a fraction of of life but he understands everything from beginning to end and he is all-powerful and he is sovereign Lord. So in this time of crisis for the church, they declared the Lordship of Jesus. And I, I am challenged to, to declare the Lordship of Jesus over my life. And I hope that you are encouraged to do the same. That to declare the Lordship of Jesus over your life, over, over your family, over your work situation, over your finances, over your emotions over your thoughts. We want to declare the Lordship of Jesus over our country, over our government, over our health system, over our health in general. Um, he is sovereign Lord. Um, so that's, that's um, yeah, just amazing that they started with that. They said, sovereign Lord. And then they quoted what David said um, about the nations, the, the rulers of this world, the governments um, throughout time, uh, since the time of Babel, they have always been plotting against God um, and what he stands for. But he is sovereign. He is totally in control. Um, nothing is, is not in his control. Um, and we declare his sovereignty in our lives, in our country, in our family, um, in the world. Um, and that's, that's really uh, just so encouraging. Um, so that's the second point, is, is the sovereignty of, 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 of the Lord. And then, they, and then they move on in verse 27 to, to remember Jesus and remember um, the attack on Jesus 
but how he actually it was everything was was in God's hands and determined by the Lord. So in verse twenty seven it says, indeed. Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should, should happen. Um, yeah, Jesus, uh, Satan was was out to attack Jesus. Um, he, that has always been his scheme to attack the Lord's anointed, which is Jesus. And now he seeks to attack the church and the believers. That's what was happening here in chapter 4. And, and that is happening still today. And we need to be aware of this attack. We can't be naive to it. But we must recognize it and we must stand firm and declare the sovereignty of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate example of a life that was lived boldly under attack. Um, there's so many examples of this. Just one of them is, is when he started his public ministry, um, he went back to his hometown in Nazareth. Uh, this is where he grew up. He obviously knew everyone there, um, all his neighbors and his friends, and, and he went to, to the synagogue. Um, and he knew that the people there uh, didn't like him, uh, were against him, and they actually eventually tried to kill him uh, in Nazareth. Um, but he went to the synagogue and he read and he, he, he spoke boldly. Isaiah 61, which is the prophecy about his life, um, and ended with the proclamation of the year of the Lord's favor, um, that um, the Jubilee, basically. Um, so here, in, in the face of, of, of danger, of, of threat from the people who should have been closest to him, his neighbors, his friends, here he speaks the word of the Lord with boldness and courage, even, he, even though he knew that they hated him. So, so they remembered they remembered Jesus. And then the fourth thing here in this prayer is after that, they said, Now, Lord, verse 29, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They knew that they needed God's help. They knew that they couldn't do it on their own. Uh, and they asked for boldness to speak the word of the Lord. And uh, we need to be aware of that. That for this life, to live boldly for Jesus, we need the Lord's help and we need him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own. And we need to ask him, we need to pray for boldness and courage um, to, to do what he's called us to do. And we're not talking about, um, we're just talking about the ordinary stuff. We're talking about just the boldness and courage to love people, to, to give when we need to give, to, to encourage when we need to encourage to not say, to not speak when we, we shouldn't speak and, and to speak when we, when we should and, and speak words of life um, and not, not bring people or tear people down, but, but build people up and, and show them the love of Christ. Um, I think a Christian who is such a, an amazing example of a bold life um, and a bold, living a bold life for Jesus is our Chief Justice, our Chief Justice, Mokhoeng he is not ashamed of the gospel. He, he is willing to kneel down in Parliament and and pray. Um, he is not afraid to take a stand for Christian love and kindness for all people in the face of tremendous opposition. And uh, we've got such an amazing example um, in this man of a bold believer um, who is willing to, to serve the Lord in his generation.
so so those four things just um, I, I was thinking about when I when I looked through this passage that they 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 raised their voice together that they they declared the sovereignty of of Jesus of our Lord that uh, they remembered Jesus and and uh, what happened to him and and how and his life and um, that they then prayed for boldness and and just in conclusion if we read uh, just to conclude uh, we read um, in verse 30 and 31 they, they ended their prayer with stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus and then after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of the Lord boldly. So I want to, in closing, just remind us and encourage us that in this time of, of global, of national, of, of personal crisis, to not give up, but to ask the Lord to help us to live boldly. Um, just one last example of, of bold living is um, an example from Poland um, back in the communist regime. Uh, it was illegal to build churches and the Christian in, in one town, I'm afraid I'm not very good with Polish, so I won't try and pronounce the name of the town, but they they tried many times to, to get a church built and they would um, petition, um, petition the, the authorities and apply and it was just always rejected. Um, and they had a site that they wanted to build this church on. And that site was actually approved for the construction of a, a garage. So um, they put the construction boards up to protect the construction site. And, and off they went set to, to build this garage. And the construction progressed slowly. And about two years later, construction was finished. And, um, and the boards came down. And behind the boards was a church. And there was... A tremendous rejoicing. The Christians came, thousands of Christians came to the opening of this church, um, and it was yeah, just a wonderful thing that that, that they built a church here. Obviously, the authorities were very upset about this and immediately planned to to tear down the church. Um, but hundreds of people organized a twenty four seven guard to to protect the church and to stop the authorities doing this. And it was such a miracle. And, and the, the church remained um, and is obviously there today, uh, presumably. And um, what a miracle uh, and an example of, of boldness and courage of a community of believers. Um, so I, I want to encourage us to, to, to live boldly, to, to ask the Lord to help us to live boldly, to ask God to help us to love boldly, to, to proclaim the, his gospel boldly, to encourage boldly to give boldly um, and to, to speak words of, of life um, to, to the people in our lives that God brings across our paths. Um, let's pray as the believers in Acts did that the Lord will stretch out his hand and perform miraculous signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. And we trust and believe that he is sovereign and that his purposes and plans will be accomplished during this time in our lives. We are here for such a time as this. And I wonder if, um, just by way of response this morning, if we could stand together and wherever you are, in your lounge, in your bedroom, uh, wherever you are, let's stand together 
And let's raise our voices and, and cry out to the Lord. Let's ask him to, to give us boldness this morning. Uh, and then let's ask him to, to stretch out his hand and to perform miracles in the crises around us. And whatever God lays on your heart, you pray for that. If it's praying for someone who's not well, who's ill. Um, if it's praying for someone who's going through a tough time in terms of finances or work situation. Or if God lays on your heart to pray for our government or pray for another country. Let's raise our voices this morning and, and pray together.